This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric Branson, and with me as always, my good friends and co-host, Joe Peterson and Ryan Seisgall. How's it going tonight, guys? Pretty good. Doing alright. Pretty good. Doing alright. Yourself? Good. Good. Not too bad. Good. Good. You guys have a good week? Yeah. <laughs> said with such confidence. <laughs> yeah. 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 Question, question like Jeff Goldblum said like yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was good. It was it was it was a series of days. And <laughs> uh, So you're in finals uh, we, week we, now. We yeah. I am. Yeah. Uh almost done. I got one one more test tomorrow evening, so yeah, and then I'll, yeah. I'll be what done. Frat house did you Off join? for a couple months, and uh, you drank yeah, uh, nothing yet. I'm still de- I'm still deciding. So <laughs> okay. Try. I didn't even do that the first time around. So try yeah. lamb for life. <laughs> lamb to lamb. Yeah, I thought you said first when you first said that. I thought you said dry land, and I, my my brain I, went to some like crazy water world. It's situation. not a myth. So I <laughs> I went into a okay. different one. Where it's I a real fraternity. Said, it's not a myth. I thought he said try lamb for life, and I'm like, oh. yeah, I mean, why not? Well, technically, I did try lamb for it's life. It's delicious, but it's a different kind of try and different kind Good of lamb. Good euro. <laughs> yeah. So, I I have to admit that I um, have to come face-to-face with something that has happened in my life that I didn't expect, but I should have. And that's that I've become become my father. Uh, There it is. I (laughs) had to have a talk Uh, with my now teenage daughter last week about your friends coming over and drinking all the pop in the fridge and leaving their dishes everywhere, and they need to respect this house. Holy shit, I'm him. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, within reason, though, I'll be pissed if anyone fucking messed up my place too, and I don't even have kids. Oh yeah, it's my it, it, job yeah. to I mess mean, up my place. It's uh, it's more like, and not that you're not becoming your father, because that probably happens to all of us to a certain it, yeah. extent. But it is. It's also that you have realize you realize where your father was coming from when totally. saying, making said speeches, because uh, yeah, you are yeah. now in that position, so. Well, it instantly is... thinks of Eric, <laughs> me, Goldbranson, yeah. and kicks you out. How many times? Yeah, yeah, I was friends. definitely one of the kids, uh, you know, drinking <laughs> yeah. all the pop. And but yeah, it, it's been like a house full of teenagers. John's house, so. And, and I overheard him the other day saying, you know what, this summer, Lisa, your house is going to be home base. And I oh, went, oh, no. shit. No. It's going to be all summer of this. This is this is why we watched that '70s show to brace. It's you got to either have like a good basement or 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 a fucking garage dedicated, mm-hmm. like to it. Well, you what, don't have the basement. Their thing is, and, and this yeah. is again a very '90s thing that I don't know where they picked up. They're all skateboarding now. Yeah. So she and her she and her nice. her girlfriends skateboard around. I'm like, all right, cool. And then they come here and they eat everything out of the fridge and they make a goddamn mess and <laughs> and then they get back in their skateboards yeah. and they go out again so 
Nothing yeah. like binge eating and going on a fucking wooden board. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's a part of it that's jealousy, because I'm like, I remember being 13 and doing shit exactly like that, getting on my mm-hmm. dad's nerves about it, and fuck, yeah, here we are. Yep. Come full circle. Our generation was rollerblades more than skateboards, I think, but... See, or this even is bikes. what makes me yeah. sad. I'm doing the same shit yeah. I did when I was 13, but that's just more about just how sad I am as a person. <laughs> um, in fact, I'm doing more things that I wish I could have done when I was 13, because, you know... Why not? You're an adult. You can, right? I but, can now. Yeah. Right. But I'm not a wild fucking child. So it's just like, woo. Yeah. Hits. And and I don't think <laughs> they're not. They, they don't seem to be getting into trouble or anything like that. You know, they're, there's a parking lot down the street and that's where they skate around and they're hanging out. But it's yeah. like, yeah, hanging out. that's what you down should do. Down the street. Same yeah. old thing we did last did week. Last week. Yeah. Not a thing to do. Yeah. But talk to you. It's almost like it, it this is, is Wisconsin. a reoccurring. It is Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. so. Welcome to Wisconsin. I saw what you guys did there, and that was a very cheap trick. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's about uh, family. It's about family, like tonight's movie. It's about family. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. Kind of. It's about found family, <laughs> then losing them. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah. Not really, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight's movie. Having a toxic family uh, and losing them. Yeah. yeah. And of course, tonight's movie is the 2000 film, and that would be the year 2000 film, um, Pitch Black. They say most of your brain shuts down in cryosleep. All but the animal side. Guess that's why I'm still awake. He's gone, he's gone. Why should he bother us? Maybe to take what you got. Maybe to work your nerves. Is he really that dangerous? Only around humans. Zeke! All you people are so scared of me. But it ain't me you gotta worry about now. Whatever it is, it got Zeke and it nearly got me! They seem to stick to darkness. So if we stick to daylight, we should be all right. everybody out here. Diesel, directed by David Towie. Um, yeah, what uh, what's your guys' history with this one? Um, 
you guys seen seen Pitch Black before? Or did you are you familiar with it? I saw. Let's see, it came out in two thousand. I saw this one on video right after it came out. So I don't think I saw this one in the theater, but I saw it right. I was I was in college. I think college or summer before going to college. I saw this on video. I saw this once, and I think I saw it on like Stars. So I saw it like. Okay. Mm, few years like a good few years after like six years probably after it came out um okay. Okay. i gotta say i wasn't really impressed with it when i first watched it it wasn't my cup of tea the second watch i'm like shit i totally see why people like this movie yeah <laughs> i i remember being yeah. kind of indifferent about it like yeah i guess that was cool but then yeah i don't think i saw it all the way through again maybe caught a part of it on tv here or there i remember so and, and maybe i'm just my brain's just making this up but when when i was in college my freshman year the at southern illinois university the the campus tv station would show movies that were like kind of new releases and it was it was almost like their own little hbo yeah and i think this was one of them in rotation when i was Mm. there because i i remember seeing parts of it i know i've seen it once at least all the way through and then I remember seeing parts of it more, though. So I wonder if that's what it was. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So similar history. I know for a fact I was working at the video store in our in the town I grew up in when this came out. So I remember it being a new release. I I saw it at some point, probably at work, but while I was working at the video store. And I think that's the only time I saw it prior to watching it this time. So it was all based on that uh, one memory of it, and. I think I had a similar reaction to it. I think I was, I think I generally liked it, but wasn't like blown away by it. And I just kind of forgot about it until I saw that there were sequels and stuff like later on. Um, it's very much, which got I was kind of surprised like, by. Yeah. 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 It's very much got that like early two thousands, late nineties sci-fi aesthetic that like saturated colors or shit mm-hmm. like that or whatever, um, or o- overexposed. I should say I shouldn't say saturated colors. Not with this fucking movie. No. Overexposure, uh, which is intentional uh, here because mm-hmm. of the three suns, but it's just any you know, early CGI. Well, can't really say it's early CGI at this point. I think it was like mid, like awkward teen CGI at yeah. this point. Um, yeah, it still had not yeah become what it is now. <laughs> yeah, and it follows like the same kind of stuff, but something about it like now like kind of understand like this is simple well i've got a i've got a brief synopsis if we want to throw that in for it oh Uh, yeah yeah uh so pitch black is about dangerous criminal richard b riddick played by diesel is being transported to prison in a spacecraft and escapes when the spaceship is damaged by comet debris and crash lands on an empty desert planet when predatory creatures begin attacking the survivors riddick joins forces with them to escape the planet Definitely the, not the yeah. weirdest Fast and the Furious film in the franchise, but yeah, 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 yeah. close to it. <laughs> it's, it's more like a prequel, I think. But uh, <laughs> Don Toretto is just a, yeah, it's, it's a... just Riddick after he retired and just went to Earth and chill out. And <laughs> now like, I'm going to drive cars and um, family. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> along with Vin Diesel or assisting Vin Diesel in this movie uh, is Rada Mitchell, um, Cole Hauser. And uh, you know you're in a kind of 80s-themed sci-fi movie because uh, we have Keith David in yes. there as well. So, mm-hmm. um, Giving yeah, it always... his all, I will say. Like, yeah. He yeah. is committed yeah. to this role. 
and it's fun. I really, uh, yeah, and it's it's a it's a little different role for him. He plays an uh, an uh, Muslim imam who uh, is traveling to a whatever futuristic place called Mecca. New Mecca when yeah, New Mecca. yeah in this crash. So, um, do yeah. do we ever get so a... what year this play this takes place in? Not that I. know It's just of. like Not distant future, thought. but it's it's. It's not in this movie. Future enough that there's interstellar travel. Uh, there's cryo sleep type situation yeah. where, to, yeah. Um, and this is a commuter type vessel uh, carrying commuters and um, runs into a like meteor or a set some kind of. Yeah, it's supposed to be a meteor, meteor shower, which is small. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it pierces the hull of the ship and and gets into the commuter. Um, like area of the ship as well and kills a bunch of people um basically yeah, really, pierces the ship in multiple places and it starts going down so yeah, yeah. really fucks uh, it, up like things. like you said ryan like it's a pretty simple sci-fi plot you know it's a crash landing on an alien planet uh a alien planet with multiple suns but when the sun goes down um yeah these creatures things, uh, things come out but the thing is, yeah. it's like this has like cool enough concepts, but but the best part of it is actually it's a heavy character-driven fucking film. Yeah, 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 like, and, it, it's... and that's what I thought was like the most fascinating. Now, as a proper mm-hmm. adult who reviews this kind of shit, going, God, every character is you can see what they are, and some of them are going through fucking arcs. This... There's not even one main character. They... This has three distinct main characters that all have a very strong arc yeah. in it. Um, yeah. And, and even, for... they're, they're a little bit... I don't want to say type... It's not typecast. It's... There there are the, the kind of space travel sci-fi movie stranded on it, like cliches. Right? Yeah. You have the characters that are very similar to lost in space but yeah. right they're they're fleshed out so much more I'm, I'm not suggesting it's a family but um you know that <laughs> you, you know well, cole howard cole hauser's character is kind of dr smithish in this you know yeah. but a little more like a militant dr smith <laughs> yeah i i think it all it honestly goes back to it's 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 is it Rio Bravo? That's the famous Western. I don't even know it. I really yeah. know it by reputation more than anything, but I know that the, the film like Assault on Precinct 13 yep. is based generally on that. And and it, it has kind of the same setup. It's like a, uh, what you would call in sci-fi, like a base under siege movie where there's, you know, this, this oh, presence yeah, yeah. outside trying to get inside, but then there's this turmoil within but also what they do is switching the power dynamic throughout the movie and that is you yeah. think you got the characters figured out but nope you're actually kind of backwards on who the good guys and bad guys are and uh they kind of play that dynamic throughout because john's played by cole hauser who's a bounty hunter who at first you think is a law a lawman a like marshal. a police officer yeah it's not he's actually a merc and a bounty hunter uh that's trying to that's taking riddick back to i assume earth i i don't know i'm not sure we don't get a lot of details on the outside situation no and in this movie and he's an um, opiate act, addict as well that actually plays a role in multiple parts of this film yeah yeah right. yeah including this um, death if anyone noticed mm-hmm. we're talking about it later. yeah Spartans. And then you have uh rada mitchell who plays carolyn fry the <coughs> the pilot of the ship um mm-hmm. who is probably the she, i mean she definitely has an arc as well uh, oh yeah, I think she has character, the strongest but she's pro- arc. Yeah. She's probably the most straightforward yeah. character, but yeah, she she kind of has to deal with these kind of 
feuding polar um, masculine leads, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. between Riddick and Johns. So uh, every, everyone else in the cast is kind of along for the ride. By the time the ship crashes, we only have four or five survivors. Um, let's see, there's uh, is it Shaza, Zeke. Um, who's the kid that we think is a boy for most of the movie but ends up... Um, Jack, I think, isn't they called? They're called Jack. Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> that's right. Yeah, uh, Rihanna Griffith plays Jack in this movie. Um, and apparently, those two characters show up in the sequel. Again, I never saw the sequel. Okay. Like, I, yeah, I, I've not so. seen them either. Um, but I yeah. saw the second one, but I don't really remember it. And I just recently saw parts of the third one. Yeah, yeah. From what I hear, the second um, one ruins the franchise, and the third one brings it back. Uh, yeah. And the second, the third yeah. one is just another so, one of these, and it's like maybe we just gotta throw Riddick in, in a desert terrain, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throw him yeah. in Australia, surrounded by fucking some kind of vicious creatures. Uh, bring in a bunch of other uh, fodder. Go. Yeah. Um, I, I, if it I works, think... it works, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so there's one other character is uh, the Paris P. Ogilvy, who is an antiques dealer. Oh, that's kind of kind of a yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of a neat uh, character. He's kind of a, yeah. <laughs> Another, I guess maybe. When everybody's like doing something and trying to survive, he sets himself up you, with a little umbrella. You know who some, he reminds me of? Some booze and cigars and kind of, uh, yeah. He reminds me of Mr. Howell from Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love yeah. A bit. Yeah. Yep. A little bit, a little bit poshy. That's certainly, <laughs> given the situation, I'm sure that's not an accident. I bet that's, uh, yeah. He needed a This lovey. whole movie is just Space so. Gilligan's Island. That's, that's what this is. Yeah. In a way, yeah. <laughs> Gilligan is Riddick. <laughs> With monster. Yeah. <laughs> no, this, this has elements, like, uh, of, uh, Con Air. You know, yep. with transporting yeah, prisoners and see. there's a crash, not crash, but, well, yeah, crashes. And it's got Ooh, elements crash, of alien, and yeah, that was actually intense. Pretty intense how they yep. do that. It was but quite. Yeah, I did think you know when you brought up like we don't really, we assume it's Earth, but there's so many Earth-based things here that I I feel like it's still it's not some far out culture. It's still pretty much humans. Yeah. Earth plays a role somewhere. Like, these are Earth humans. Yeah. Like, there's too many Earth things. I mean, just the simple fact that this guy's an antiques dealer moving stuff around. Drinking talks brandy. Talks about Paris. Um, yeah, I'm drink, supposed yeah. to die in Paris. Yeah, he's got... Yeah. Some of the liquor. same yeah, brands. Yeah, talks about Paris. And... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, like Jack Daniels and shit. This is my, this is my vintage yeah. shit. Ancient. So this is definitely Earth, Earth-centric somewhere. Like, Earth yeah. is... These people are either they're probably going back to Earth is what I get the impression watching From the movie is everyone's or something back. Yeah. But um But yeah, the the cool thing about the fact that we're not given like a ton of prologue or a ton of backstory is that we are kind of on square one with all of the characters and we only can judge them based on kind of the actions that they yeah. you know, the things they do in this situation. We're we're told right away that Riddick is, you know, a murderer and he's been doing time for, you know, years and years and he's being uh, he escaped and he's being transported back to you know serve out the rest of his life in, in prison in the slam as they call it yeah um, the slam and no like... longer the slammer we're just gonna just one syllable <laughs> shorten it up sounds cool slam yeah i'm gonna use Don't my slam. spare time oh, to play legos <laughs> Yay! but uh, riddick, well, the re- riddick has a cool program here is amazing riddick has a really cool um 
alteration, right? He had his eyes surgically altered, so he has dark vision. But he can't... Redcon later on, by the way. Spoilers. Yeah, but now he... But, you know, seeing things in you know, bright daylight, it hurts his eyes, so he has to wear these cool goggles all the time. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it works out... It's a good plot device for this because of the creatures, so, you know, it works yeah. out a little perfect. <laughs> yeah. So they... Crash onto this planet. They bicker about around with each other. Riddick's missing for the first part of the movie, which is funny because you know, being that coming back to this, knowing there's this um, kind of spun into a franchise that was all about like was all about Riddick. I mean, he was the mm-hmm. character that went on to be the central character. The fact that he's kind of missing for the first almost half of the movie um, is interesting. Uh, they give him like some weird voiceover in the in the theatrical cut of the movie that kind of intros him. I don't think that was uh, that's there in the director's cut. I don't remember. I read about a couple of the differences. Uh, well, that's when I am interested start... in in watching that. I do have a copy of the director's cut, but I watched it on Netflix, so I saw the theatrical. Okay. Cut. Yeah. So from what I've seen or from what I've heard uh, or read about this is that they 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 intentionally didn't tell the three leads who was this movie was about. Oh. Um, and they actually changed some of the endings because Riddick's character, or sorry, the character of Riddick was getting more positive reviews mm-hmm. uh, from, from like test audiences. Not only that, like the way the story was kind of going. So they actually changed the end. Riddick was supposed to die. Riddick was even supposed to be a man when this was written. Hmm. Riddick was actually supposed to be mm-hmm. a woman. Um, but the the director or the writer, no, maybe he was both. I can't remember. Anyways. Whoever was doing this, um, they wanted to only use, like, unknown actors or character actors because, quote, they're going to work the hardest. Uh, But the studio kept pushing and they settled on Vin Diesel. Uh, They actually wanted, I think, Steven Seagal to play Riddick. I'm not joking. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And he's like, nope, I know how difficult that man's to work with. I refuse to do it. How about this Vin Diesel dude? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, as we were talking about before recording, <laughs> close this call is by the way. I'm really just saying. early. There's an alternate <laughs> universe out there where Steven Seagal is Riddick, and I do want to see that movie. You know, as um, we were talking about before we recorded, how this is really early in Vin Diesel's career as far as you know yep. being on screen. He'd done a lot of voiceover work. He had some kind of supporting roles in Saving Private Ryan and things like that. But this, this and made the, him lead. This yeah. and Boiler Room came out the same year. Uh, but this definitely was a bigger film and yep. a more popular one. Uh, had a bigger buzz. So I can this this is in a way is the one that really made him into an action star because Boiler Room is not an lead. action movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it made yeah. him a lead. It, well, and showed him a year later, he's a year later he's in the Fast and the Furious, and that kind of is the thing that made a career out of it. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Still doing that. Yep. <laughs> but um, Cole yeah, Hauser, I didn't recognize at first. Because I'm so used to seeing him now older in Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was kind of a surprise, and I had forgotten that Keith David was in this. But God, yeah, Keith I totally David's forgot that Keith David was in this. In but yeah, he's he, yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a lot of obviously, and we, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit. I'm surprised we haven't already. But kind of some of the comparisons. This gets to the Alien franchise, oh, especially yeah. the first couple <laughs> Alien films. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Keith David just showing up gives it that kind of 80s 
uh, 80s sci-fi movie yeah. feel anyway. So. But yeah, it I could definitely see the alien parallels. And it's not just the cryosleep. It's no. just the whole tone. Mm-hmm. But it works. Even it's the a, creatures somewhat. Yeah. When we get, I mean, we haven't really gotten there. We're going kind of through the plot, but like, yeah, even the creatures are uh, somewhat alien esque with the with the long. Uh, but they they long they, they big teeth. Like, they yeah. took a lot of, or they they tried really hard to make something like that gave the feel, but was wholly unique. Like the con, like what they what the creatures do how they look and everything like because again it was one of those things that i like read or watched about this where it's just like they they knew what the alien connections were going to be made and they were really trying to show like this is kind of like different but clearly like we enjoyed this I, one of them was part mm-hmm. of aliens 3 i believe i think the writer director whatever he was part of aliens 3 um Wasn't david it? towie who is the director i think was attached to Alien Three yeah. at some point, but didn't yeah. yeah, and didn't end up working on it. But so yeah, yeah there is that. Um, I I thought the creatures kind of looked like a cross between like the xenomorph alien and uh, the bugs from Starship Troopers. I can see that. Yeah. they were going for yeah. shark meets pterodactyl. They yeah, I could see the the yeah. hammerhead shark thing yeah. with the heads a little bit. Um, yeah, a pterodactyl, I guess, because they fly, but they were more insect-like in the in their flight. I thought, like the way their wings kind of like, f- yeah, fluttered Flutter rather around. than. I thought yeah. of them more like, they're smaller, young that come out at, mm-hmm. at first, like, um, like birds, really, like yeah. just swarms of yeah. birds. Yeah, so but they're like... they're they're crashed on this planet, I guess, just to kind of you know tie this in with the plot. Um, <laughs> Right. Yeah, they're, they're crashed on the planet, and they find a like a, a geological research sta- station, but it's abandoned. There is a ship there, but it doesn't have power. So they're and then they're kind of starting to get suspicious as to where all the geologists are, because it doesn't yeah. look like anybody like left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, their stuff's all still there, and doesn't look yeah. like anyone packed up and went home. Um, so you know. You, if, if you've they're never all seen... hoping for the best. Yeah, Only one and, of and if you've never seen a trailer saying... for this, you know, which the trailer showed like, ah, it's going to be these creatures. Um, yeah. You don't really get that impression at first. Like, they, they lead on to something's going on, and it, it feels enough like Alien. You know there, there's going to be some monster. Um, but it does a nice build, it actually. Yeah. You know, this, mm-hmm. they, it, yeah. It's paced well with the... Here's the situation. Here are your characters. Here's the situation that they're finding themselves in is getting more complex, and yeah, now there's little creatures. But the creatures only really come out in the dark because mm-hmm. yeah, light, light physically is... burns them. Yep. Yeah, burns them like vampire burns them. Yeah, vampire in the sun. I wanted it... to br- like you briefly brought up the trailer for a second. That kind of gave me a slight tangent about my interaction with this movie is that I remember seeing the trailers when they were out as a kid. And all I remember is, like, in, people are in, there are people in the dark, somebody can see in the dark, and there uh, are these creatures and, yeah. and stuff. And I distinctly remember, in the what I rem- remember most is that sled they carried with the little lights, the neon lights yeah. and stuff on it. And then later, like, years later, when I finally saw this movie, I didn't know it was that movie that I was watching. Oh. So when I was watching this, I forgot. I didn't know about the 
the creatures and once that started to kick in all the other memories started to flood like in a memory unlock yeah yeah so mm-hmm. i actually got to see this without the, the spoilers of this, this being creatures un unbeknownst to me oh cool way so anyways continue no that's that's, that's, that's a, kind of a that's cool a experience with this yeah um sometimes you luck out <laughs> well when they first crash land and they're they're realizing like all their you know it's is it three suns is that what it is? Three sons. Yeah, it's which three, is sons. three sons. Yep. Yep. There's two sons by one another, and then there's a third son on the other side. Which is kind yeah, of and, strange, but okay. You know. yep. It's kind of cool design-wise, too, because the sons have different like light spectrum. Uh, like One's more blue, oh, yeah. and one's yep. more... So So when the orangey sun goes down, then the light is blue. And, yeah, anyway. But at first, don't they kind of worry about... Oh, like... Because they talk about something like, there's no lights. Well, we don't need lights because it's just so bright. Like, they don't... They kind of don't they get the impression at first that it's always the sun's always up. Well, yeah, yeah because they have like this, and when they go into that um, that settlement that was abandoned with the geologists and stuff, uh, they notice that the geologists didn't have any lights. Yeah, and it's like oh, they must use the outside lights, and they had that uh, uh, one setup that was like the solar system on like a rig that showed everything like how everything mm-hmm. orbited and it showed like wow it's constantly bombarded with sun until it's not until it's not <laughs> until so once every once every 22, 22 years years and yeah, how the... fortunate for us we landed on the day of uh, a yeah. double eclipse because that's how it happens it's a double it... eclipse mm-hmm. that's the one mo- total one moment in this entire movie say. most things are very well very well put together and it's a it's a it's well paced and it's excite- an exciting movie and I think well done for the most part. But that that little piece of it does feel a bit contrived and I don't feel like they had to do it that way. Like where it's like, oh, we just figured this thing out and just so happens in about 10 minutes it's going to happen. <laughs> like, you know, uh-huh. That the eclipse is going to happen. So I think, um, I think Riddick anyway. puts it best. Yeah. Really bad timing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Riddick hat by the way has like the best fucking one-liners, limited dialogue from yeah, Riddick. Yeah, it's a lot of and one-liners. It, yeah. yeah, and it's great because that really adds to this character. <laughs> and here's the thing about Riddick: he's essentially like a badass alpha male version of Bugs Bunny. Yeah, <laughs> if you think about like how he escapes that one fucking scene, uh, he's in the back. As well, like, you're like, oh, I thought after he kills one guy, kills a survival thinking it was Riddick, and you see Riddick in the back in a lawn chair, just fucking drinking. Yeah, he's just sitting back there. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's very, like, loony. <laughs> really. Yeah. Uh, and but I, that's where the humor is in this fucking it, film, it is, is actually from Riddick. I, it, it's it's very hammy, but it, it feels okay in this it's, because, it's again, it's that 80s yeah. kind of throwback feel. Well, and at first, the feeling is me. different because you're convinced, or at least you, if it's the first time you've seen it, you're pretty convinced that Riddick is, like, he is the the villain. He's the thing that's going to, I mean, before we see monsters, before, and I, and I know some of the promotional material kind of ruined that, but script-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that slowly starts to change. Um, and I think it's done really cleverly because they... In the back of your head, I don't think you ever really those little jokes and stuff. I don't think you're ever really fully afraid of Riddick. Like you're you're already no. picking up on that he's not what they're telling you he is. Right. The dickhead um, with the morphine addiction is yeah. like he's gonna be the <laughs> yeah. problem. Yeah. Is to an extent, yeah. but not really. I, I think I also remember around the time that this came out, because this was a, a popular film. Um, 
that uh, there were a lot of jokes going around about how Vin Diesel is this like wooden actor, and you know because because yeah. of these little uh, the movie that everybody first recognizes him in, uh, you know, in, in a lead role, he's just throwing one liners out and being a badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again, right. I can see the Steven Seagal connection there too, right? Because he probably would have done the same thing, but no, oh, he has much more range. Um, you know, yeah, so. You know, in reality, but it was a little bit unfortunate at first. Everybody was laughing about D- Vin Diesel, like, "Oh, he's this like, just wooden, kind of dumb." I, you know, I remember kind of thinking that's what he was gonna be like, just knowing him by reputation before mm-hmm. seeing this movie. Um, and I can't remember exactly how that all played out. Maybe I did see this movie before, but I remember being pretty impressed with him in this movie because he is kind of funny at points and he has the like there's a lot a little more nuance to the mm-hmm. character than just like yeah it's not a it's not a schwarzenegger performance and i'm not doing a track from arnie's capable especially later in his career of doing different you know doing more with his characters as well like kindergarten but, cop um, like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that not a good yeah. example Which, actually it is <laughs> that one needs to go on the list by the way but yeah so um I got to get to yeah, yeah, no, he's Sorry. Vin Diesel's actually quite good in this. And yeah, it's, it is. is a character he could have kind of like, just kind of, you know, not given much to it, walked through it. And I think he, I think he gives it a oh. good, like we said, all of these characters have like a good, you know, arc and you, you, uh, they develop throughout the movie and, um, then, then end up in very different places where they started. Yeah. Vin gave a lot to this character so much. Uh, there's a couple examples. One, the contacts that he has to wear, I guess, were just mm. awful. So bad, they had to get an optometrist, like, three hours away, flown in, because they couldn't remove them. And then, but he put them on. They're the same, like, full-eye ones that, that Jim Carrey always talks about being torturous, right? When he did the Grinch. Yeah, these mm-hmm. are some kind like... of, like, weird hybrid or something similar to that, yeah. But... Mm-hmm. that's where they're he but he did it again and again and again he says it's like wearing hubcaps on my on my eyes um and not and not only that he when uh i think it was universal who ended up uh buying the studio that this movie was under when it was going bankrupt and saved the movie yeah polygram or whatever uh-huh. yeah yep. um later on when they're like doing the tokyo drift and like hey we want you to do this cameo and he goes like i'll won't do it for I, I won't do it for the payment i'll do it if you give me the rights to riddick huh. and then he went back to the creator of riddick and that's when they started to make the sequels he is that dedicated to riddick like yeah riddick is essentially his at this point his well character. and that's one of the yeah. things i like about vin diesel he's a huge fucking nerd Oh, he is. Yeah. You know. He's also a little bit of a, a brony. Uh, not brony, that's a different term. He's a little bit of a bro, though, as well, like, yeah. later on in his life. It's hard yeah. to see him as this the D&D guy, but then again, to hear about how he and his co-stars in those franchises, like, developed a point system for how they fight, and like, yep, that would make sense for a D&D guy. Well, and <laughs> oh. I, I've also heard about him, you know, inviting cast members into his trailer on film sets to play D&D. Yep. He's he's hosted some uh podcasts and and videos of his games called D and Diesel. Uh you know, it's, I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a I think his dedication to the character, the fact that he saw something 
I think he saw something in the character that he got out of it, out of playing it in this yeah. movie that he thought could develop into something more. And, like a mm-hmm. legacy. I think this, he felt like yeah. it was going to be a legacy character for him, but turned out. Yeah, it was... it's worked enough for him. I mean, they just, they put out another movie. Um, I guess not that recently, but well, 2013. So, than, you know, 10 years yeah. ago, but I, I, they're working on another one. Yeah. Currently. There's discussions. Yeah. Still got greenlit, so. Yeah. I'll have to check them out. I, I just got a, a box set of the, the, the two or director's cut of pitch black chronicles of riddick and then the animated film that takes place in between dark the two. fury yeah um yeah so and i've I, never seen any of them but but this one so i figure I, now that i've watched this i might as well go ahead and sure. there's two yeah. video games i believe too which are yeah lore ones <laughs> like one actually yeah. deals with when i think when he first actually gets incarcerated oh hmm. cool yeah hmm. when he's actually yeah. in a place called butcher's bay it was like a stealth game and shit. I, mean, I remember so, this shit. Like it was a big thing when it came out. Well, yeah, yeah, I remember like these. This was popular enough to you know again warrant two sequels because of this character. But I've never. Mm-hmm. I don't hear people like bashing this movie. It's always like, yeah, that's part of the whole Riddick thing. Yeah. Um, it's the only the the one thing about this movie and we've kind of alluded to it already that got a little bit of an eye roll from me is just how like absolutely perfect storm of situations here you know yeah a series of unfortunate events but like suspension of disbelief is one thing this is asking you to to, you know suspend a lot that Mm -hmm. the the ship's going to be damaged and they're in close enough proximity to a planet to land it like a a controlled crash of a plane you know it's not happening out in deep space um it's a planet that's you know habitable to a degree, in, in walkable distance from a geology, and you're outpost. with it. Yep, they crashed right within walkable distance to a geology post where there's all these supplies, and and water, groundwater, and, and groundwater that they, that's drinkable, and the air is breathable. Yep, though they make a point how it's a little different, so people feel a little lightheaded, right. like, like they're breathing like, like yeah. mountain air, like high altitude. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. they just happen to be there on the eve of this you know, rare eclipse that allows these creatures to come out of hibernation and attack in the dark. But luckily the one prisoner on the ship has, you know, vision to see them in the dark. It's just night vision. It's a yeah. lot of, uh, and they're okay. all photosensitive. So. Yeah. And they're all happen yeah, to be photosensitive. Photo. So it, yeah, it just, it, it was a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, it's high. It's highly contrived, but it's also not the only sci-fi movie of no. this type to be that, be like that. Cause then, you know, it really kind of um, like just fits in the genre because it contains all that. Yeah, yeah. It's like the bingo card, but really. I think it ends up being fun enough and well paced enough that I can forget about that. And what I what really helps me forget about that is it has good characters, especially the the, the top three. But really, your whole group of castaways, we'll call them, because yeah. we're a Gilligan's Island thing, but um, are all pretty interesting characters. Like I think it's a it's a good group of. Mm-hmm. Um, people good group of actors too like good cast and i think that's what saves this from obscurity the monster stuff's cool the situation's cool um we'll talk about we can talk about the monster effects in a second but but i think what really makes this movie is the interesting characters and that's why i do think although i was a bit surprised when they spun riddick off into its own thing based that because he was really just one of three kind of main characters here um I'm not surprised because I think he, I think they're they're all interesting. So mm-hmm. obviously yeah. it wasn't going to be the Johns franchise because he you know 
because of what happened to him here. But <laughs> yeah, well, he, yeah. that guy actually originally uh, auditioned for the role of Riddick. Was yeah, given John. <laughs> oh, really? Cole Riddle Hauser John. originally. Oh, that's cool. Huh? Yeah, that's interesting. So, so what? Uh, Go ahead. I was gonna say, what, what did you guys think of the? We'll talk about. It. So as 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 you've guessed by now, the the eclipse happens. These creatures come out of hibernation. Everybody has to get from crash site back to the settlement so they can power up the the new ship that they found with the battery cells that they have. So they have to drag these heavy battery cells back through the the desert in the pitch black with these creatures that are um, that are literally swarming everywhere on this planet mm-hmm. uh, during the dark dark. Uh, dark time um and you which we never out, actually find out how long that's gonna last do we it, it could be no, no they don't know like, exactly um yeah. but you also find out so that waiting it jack, out is not an option yeah right and you also find out that jack is in fact a girl and not only that she just happens to be on her period oh yeah and, and that's they, they hunt the by blood. Oh, yeah and they, hunt by and they all smell they well, can i don't smell know what blood. the fuck yep. they're eating like each oh, other they're drawn by yeah. blood but okay they are they, cannibalistic, or at least the, yeah. the big ones are eating the small ones. I actually kind of got the impression, or They're kind off, of imagined, off. this was my headcanon, I think, more than anything, that possibly there were different species of these types of creatures. So, possibly, yeah. Maybe um, they all come out from their different cave sections. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really, I guess we don't really see them. We really only see these hammerhead things, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, and they, yeah, you know, we, we described how they look a little bit. It's, you know, kind of bug-like, and... But yeah, they've got these giant kind of triangle heads with big teeth. But these ones fly, um, which which is cool. I mean, anything like that, that you know, flying adds this whole other level of of danger, right? Because it can come down from they above. Literally come from anywhere. Yeah, um, but they're also very fast. They do on land. throughout the movie. They yeah. come from under the ground. They come from the air. They come from yeah. Yeah. There's there's no but, safety and, and except they're... for like if you have weak ass light. Like there, I won't lie. The light in situation is a little inconsistent, because like you have it yeah. where the sun is start, the, the suns are starting to get blocked off, and it's still kind of dusk-ish. But they, the smaller ones, are able to fucking come out and like tear apart somebody. But then like you have one flashlight, and they won't even fucking touch you. Not even the flash. You have one lighter lit. Like, gl- yeah, the lighter, uh, the glow, like the glow stick things. I know there are slugs or something like. Yeah, bioluminescent just, slugs. There's an inconsistency. But essentially, it was glow stick glow. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, um, Joe. I no, I was gonna say like there, there's some really good shots where you see how creepy and cool these monsters look, and then there's the close-ups of like their mouths, with the the yeah. computer animated teeth, and it it just doesn't it doesn't hold this, up well. This is one of those That's things. Gonna... Where I mentioned this earlier before we started recording, that I think that certain uh, CGI uh, films that have a certain cult status should be allowed to be given the George Lucas treatment, which is you can update the fucking uh, special effects that are digital every so often to kind of like make these uh, kind of legacy uh, films like stand the test of time. Uh, And this is one of them. (laughs) This definitely. Could, could I've said a, a lot of complimentary up. things about this movie so far, and, I, and I'm, I've meant them, but there's, there's definitely the big detraction is that I don't think the special effects are very good. And that's yeah. not just the monster effects. The monster effects are a... It's a cool design. The monster yes. design I like. Um, 
I don't care for pretty much any of its actual mo like most of the CGI movement in it, including the swarming and and just is mm -hmm. it's pretty poor CGI. Yeah. Uh, hasn't aged well, but I remember even kind of thinking it wasn't great even in 2000. Like it was the yep. it was kind of weak. It, it, it it's um, reminiscent of like reptile in the first Mortal Kombat movie. No, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not that bad, but I, it does get that feel. I, no lie. I also think there's a lot of really uh, poor digital optical effects in this movie. Yeah. Um, that we're definitely date it. Like you can date it just by you wouldn't have to know this was made in 2000. You could look at it. It looks like, like something that was made in the late like, 90s. Yeah, this was Power made Rangers. right around. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and. Those two things are really going to be the main, my main gripes about the movie. I think the special effects in general, so the visual opticals and the monsters, just don't work well, or they, and especially haven't aged well. Um, it doesn't totally ruin the movie. I still think the suspense and the pace and the characters and all that stuff makes it an entertaining watch. But yeah, for starting sure. to review, I, I'll I'll stop there for now. But <laughs> yeah, it, um, it yeah. that that is kind of a disappointment because it's an interesting story. It's a it's a bit out there but okay i'm 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 here and the creature designs when you see them moving like in the distance okay that's cool yeah the close-up kind of ruins it and yeah i agree some of the other yeah. visual effects just don't i think if it's well. one of those situations and i i know that they were working with a very low budget i mean they shot in like the winter of australia which is the highest it gets is like in the 40s <laughs> this yeah. period of time uh so people are actually cold but they're supposed to look hot so they're covered in like an oily wet substance to make them look like they're sweating so that's not helping mm -hmm. shit things things were being cut especially for like special effects budgets but if they would have had just one they would have been able to have at least like one uh practical model of one of these creatures to have for yeah. those close-ups that would have been just perfect but at this time this is again this is the this is the sign that this was made in the early 2000s everything cgi everything is cgi when it can't because that's how you can make bigger movies with smaller budgets essentially and this had a budget of 23 million which yeah. isn't yeah. a lot no uh, no and it made a that... lot back yeah. yeah no one was no one expected that to happen yeah it, the box right. office was 53. Yep. So, yeah, it, it did well financially. Uh, it was kind of a sleeper hit. I mean, critics didn't love it. No. But, no, uh, it came out to lukewarm reviews and did okay at the box office, but um, I think it took off in home, home video was a big... Yeah. 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 Yep, so. that's, that's what actually really did it. But it kind of has the same. It has the same kind of predictable plot device. Once you realize that okay, there are a, there's a bigger threat. These monsters. Then of course Riddick becomes an ally. You know, you're they try. Well, I mean, you can kind of put that together because he's the yeah. guy that can see in the dark. So once you realize yeah. the yeah, but and they they fan. try to do the whole like is he really going <laughs> to double cross us or not thing. But at that point you already know he's oh he's, yeah he's that whole paranoid thing is a is a sub yeah. Yeah, it's usually it's yeah. John. The character of John is the one who just fucking telling seems, everybody, yeah, that he's he's gonna doubt. Yeah, but which yeah. is a weird plan, by the way, because it's like they set it up. But I totally stole this from. Uh, I'm gonna admit I totally took this from a uh, everything wrong with Pitch Black, but I think it's oh. worth repeating. I just mm -hmm. I state it's not original. Uh, it's, it's very fucked up of a plan of John's, and you can tell it's done by a guy who has a fucking 
addiction problems because he's like, well, Riddick, I need to have back alive because I make the most money from him. So we got to trick Riddick to make him think that if he works with us, it's for his own survival. That's how he'll help us. But at any moment, we should just abandon him. Which would cause him to actually lash out and do things selfishly. None of it fucking actually made sense. Yeah, well, like how's, he gonna, get his, how's yeah. he gonna get his bounty? How's he gonna get his bounty? And, like, why would you want to betray Rid? And it's just, it really sets up a lot of weird things. I even, like, the other character was just like, I don't know, I'm gonna, like, whatever with Riddick. <laughs> like, um. Well, we, we also didn't mention that the, that the little girl Jack idolizes Riddick immediately. Oh my god. Shaves her head, cool. wears the goggles, starts. Where do I get eyes like that? Yeah. yeah I kill a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, kill a lot of people. <laughs> oh, so it's like a tear system. I... <laughs> So, um, but, uh, there is a, but going back to John's character, so they, they make that fucking makeshift whatever, and they're traveling out mm-hmm. in the, in the dark. And once it's kind of revealed that it's Jack that they're following because they smell blood, he offers Riddick like, Hey, uh, I'll distract the others. You get rid of the girl and use her as a distraction. Uh, and this is where you really start to see uh, Riddick's kind of moral code of ethics, essentially. Or it's just yeah. honor system, whatever. Uh, he's like, that's a low blow. Uh, and then, then they have their fucking fight scene. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. earlier it's shown, uh, and it's not like, unless you really catch it, it's it's not an immediate thing. But um, this dude hides all of his fucking like methamphetamines or whatever Uh in red shotgun shells but his gun actually uses blue shotgun shells Mm -hmm. uh but during the fight scene riddick leaves him behind after cutting his back uh to attract one of the creatures and he sees one of the creatures john uh he loads a red shell into his shotgun and fires but it doesn't fire hence how he gets attacked so uh he set himself up to fail yeah (laughs) so that was actually a cool little tidbit um but what a fucking terrible person He's the one person yeah. that you kind of rooted for to die, and you don't even get to see much of it. Well, you do get to see his head get eaten. What am I talking about? Well, yeah. and, and, yeah, and the whole thing good. with like him <laughs> suggesting they use Wham. her as bait. At this point, they've already seen how quickly these creatures like devour someone. That's yeah, not going to buy you much time anyway. And he says, okay. and Reddick even his one line is go. I think we should use something bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's, then he attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of yeah. his yeah, another one of his good one liners. Um, but he but then after that you you know you can see you know how i shouldn't say after that but around that time you also see how you know yes he riddick is a good guy because he helps the imam and and their acolytes and all that you know hide in the cave like he's he's showing that he's a he's a a good guy if there was any doubt um yeah. Right. Now, now he's you know now he's the dad that has to take everybody home, kind of a thing. But uh, like, also quick to abandon you. He's like the stepdad, really. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's like if you go against his survival, he will abandon you, and he does kind of do it twice almost. Mm. They're like so mm. they're trying to run through the fucking cavern, uh, and he's just fucking carrying all those fucking like canisters, right? And I say, don't look up. And you see, that's where you see, like, these creatures fucking kill each other in the fucking air. And they're just getting, people are just getting splattered with that fucking yeah. weird 
purple bluish blood and fucking entrails and shit which oh it's raining no it's not <laughs> um <laughs> but they get uh, i think jack gets trapped underneath like a piece of like bone from one of the giant creatures they saw earlier like one of the giant um skeletons uh and riddick is still going over the hill carrying the shit and then he's like oh, fuck and then helps yeah then he puts him in the cave <clears throat> Well, and, and then, then he goes again. <laughs> you know, but Fry like tries. Gonna leave. You know, uh, Fry tries. You know, getting him to go back and help. And at first, he's like, you know, no. But he has that exchange with her, like, "Would you die for them?" Yeah. And it's. I liked how that exchange went down because it, the line could have been delivered in a like, you know, question like, "You die for them?" Like that's stupid. Mm-hmm. But he's asking her more like, would you? Like, that's going yeah. to actually influence his decision. So the delivery because... of the line was kind of a, a nice departure uh, yeah. from what we normally and... see, which is that doubting, you know, kind of the Han Solo, like, you really want to do this crap? Um, yeah. No, this well, one he kind of does it because no. earlier he overhears the conversation where she admits to John, whatever, that she was willing to sacrifice everybody. Yeah. So he kind of does give her that offer, like, you know, you did it once before, you can kind of do it again if you need to. We can just go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is where you see her character arc, her change. You could you could read Riddick, uh, the way that Riddick asked her those questions in that scene as a bit of a litmus test for, for her, kind of like him asking more or less, not would you die for them, but are we going to do this? Yeah. yeah. Are we going to go? Like... Yeah, because we're so, gonna do it. Because let's he could have left without her, but the fact that she showed that she bettered herself, I think, is like, yeah. a, like, all right, I'm in, <laughs> like a heist movie situation. Right. You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> so he, uh, they rescue everybody. He gets injured, but he's okay. It's only two other people at this point, by the yeah. way. They, there's yeah. four total yeah. left. Keith, Keith um, David, and Jack. I'm in Keith David and yep. Jack. Yeah. Yep, who's like his new acolyte? Yeah, so. essentially because <laughs> yeah. he lost all of his other ones. Yep. So they're 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 the red shirts of this movie. They get picked off early. So yeah. so the four of them get on the ship, and before he takes off, he turns everything off, and they're like, "What the hell are you doing?" Nope, and flips everything You're on. Wrong. Stop! What? Yeah. You skipped first, a major uh, thing. Oh, yeah. They don't all four right. make it. Oh yeah. 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 Riddick gets held behind. Um, by she the goes creatures. back to get him. Oh yeah, and she goes back and to get him. Make it, and says like, because she said to him like, I'm I I, I said that's right. Like, I'm that's willing right. to die for them, not for you. And she repeats the line, and as a result, there's this questionable scene where you can tell she got injured, and you don't know whether Riddick just stabbed her to leave her yeah. behind as bait. Yeah. Or if she was injured by the creature. Um, and they don't really fully reveal it. Like, I was going to ask you guys how you felt about it. I, I took it as the... It's a, a nice little twist. Where at first you think... They lead you to think that maybe he actually stabbed her. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then you I see think that when you get, she gets pulled there's away. There's a far... The camera... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, a shot that's a little more of a medium shot. It pulls back a bit and you see her... Her, that she's been penetrated by that yeah. thing, and yeah. then she's pulled That's the away. Claws. Like, yeah, yeah, 
So yeah, I do think they they try to they try to get you to think that for a moment, right? And yep. then they then you see that that's not the case. So, yeah. and he even says like kind of heartbrokenly like you weren't supposed to die for me. And then that's mm-hmm. when he gets back to the ship. That's when he turns off the stuff. turns off the stuff and just and, he, and they're like why what are you doing? We can't leave without saying good night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One final fucking yeah, roast them. Yep, roast yeah. them. And roast it is enough of them to get off the planet. And... Yep. I guess he he didn't have to roast any of them. He just did it out of spite. Right. Like yeah. He could they could have just <laughs> left. Which apparently that ship is impenetrable because they're just fucking running it ramming oh, it right yeah. into the fucking glass and nothing. Yeah, I was a little uh, concerned about that. Like none of these are gonna crack the windshield. So very yeah, strong. These things like run through transport like, ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tiny yeah. little thing. This actually looks like a shuttle from Star Trek, you know, in a little like transport yep. shuttle, so it's yeah. like you're gonna have to find a bucket to poop in quick, cause uh, I don't know how this fucking situation's set up. Well, and then Riddick tells yep. Jack that you know, tell everybody that I died on the planet, cause you know he's on the run yep. now and all that. So, yep, uh, yep, and that's where we leave it. So it's it's interesting to me with that ending that Riddick becomes a franchise. Like he just he kind of seems like it was like the arc kind of, like everything kind of was closed up where it needed to be. It was a kind of a simple short simple sci-fi movie was effective in a lot of ways but i was surprised when a few years later i mean you you kind of told the behind the scenes story of what had happened but a few years later all of a sudden we're getting a riddick movie you Mm -hmm. know like and and i saw the trailer for it it looks like it's kind of this bigger more grandiose sci-fi thing with you know she yeah anyway i haven't seen it's no it's funny that you said that uh, it's funny that you said that because, like, when we're talking about two thousands, like the aunts years of sci-fi, mm-hmm. this movie is so clearly like early two thousands, late nineties kind of sci-fi because it was shot in the late nineties. But um, yeah, it definitely has that feel that you would see like with all those other types of films. Um, like Starship Troopers is another one. I know that's a later nineties one, but that still has that same kind of feel. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, 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 this. And then you talk about the fucking sequel, and it is a bigger budget thing, but again, it feels like one of those bigger budget sci-fis that are hollow, <laughs> uh, yeah. which apparently it was. So it's just, like, interesting, because yeah. um, it goes in two different directions, those two films, uh, but they still mm-hmm. meet this, like, expectation thing. Sorry, not to derail you, it's just that you triggered that for me when you mentioned sequel. Yeah. Well, and the the sequel, I just real quick kind of skimmed the plot of it because I, I remember it a little bit more now. It it picks up with, you know, it, it's a... It, I think what they really try to do is literally what this, the title of the sequel is, Chronicles of Riddick. Here's another Riddick story. Yeah. And it has a loose connection with uh, Keith David um, <clears throat> where... Jack. And, and Jack, yeah. And they yeah. reunite and... Imam tells Riddick that I think you're a a Furian, which is like this race of warriors that they thought were all extinct. And so he goes back into this home world and then it gets into kind of weird. Yeah, kind of, you know, different, all these different cultures and high priests and stuff like that. And it it just wasn't eyes. It wasn't as exciting. You can kind of tell where you like. Oh, I can kind of feel Ven, Ven Diesel's um, influence in some of this. Yeah. Because he, he, he was part of that 
process. You can kind of feel where he was setting up there. Yeah, and they 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 also redconned the eye thing. He did not get a surgery. It's in fact because he is this whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, this kind of animalistic creature, or uh, human hmm. human like species. That's it gets it gets weird. And then they reset it in the third Riddick movie called Riddick. Yeah. They just go back to. Like I said earlier, they just throw him back on a desert planet. They throw him back in Australia with fucking dangerous species. That's it. Yeah. But it worked. <laughs> that's it what worked. people want. <laughs> Bro, we want to see. Yep. Just, that's it. We just so, want to see Riddick. Yeah, I think this, the second one is kind of the Temple of Doom of the series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. yep. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, I guess this is part of the story too, but it's not that important, so we can move on. Yeah. It's interesting because right. it has the boldest name. But it has, like, the least amount of interest out of the fan base. Well, now they've marketed, like, in all the box sets and series sets and stuff that you can get, they're all marketed as the Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. Which is kind of odd now, because it kind of leaves that film without a name. And it's the second film in the series. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a And they can't weird, call but... it Riddick, because that was the third film. <laughs> yeah. Although, technically, I guess the third film has a subtitle. I just... just when I was reading through Wikipedia, it's actually called Riddick, like Furia or something like that. But that's, they just knocked the. Th- that's the new one that's going to be coming out. Oh, is that the new yeah. one? Okay, Riddick that's, Furia that's what it is, is the then. one that okay. they announced in February of this year. Oh, you're right. Yep, 2023. Yeah. Um, yeah, fourth installment. Never mind. Yeah, I just re- I misread that. Sorry about. That. No, but okay. it's it's a good point. I don't know why they. I mean, go back and add some fucking names i mean star wars new hope you can do this yeah <laughs> they do it to, when you do the digital yeah. updates to everything yeah. and, uh, since, I, since david cool. towie and vin diesel will obviously be listening to this uh yeah go back and re and give uh, chronicles of riddick a subtitle yeah. and you're good then they're at that it all makes sense yeah because the director's cut of pitch black is called the chronicles of riddick pitch black so yeah i don't know yeah anyway, just well. do it it, it works. Like, yeah, they had a th- the Chronicles of Riddick, the one that nobody really liked. They, they did that, I think, for the Pitch Black one. I wonder if they did it there just to so we, like, let's make sure everybody knows that this is all part of the same Riddick story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, otherwise, it looks out of place. But one of these things is not like the other. Um, so, well, do we do we have any, I guess, final thoughts and a grade for Chronicles of Riddick Pitch Black? Yeah. Let's give this thing a grade. Um, Let's do it. Joe, why don't you kick us off? Well, again, I remember this being popular. I remember, like, friends in college raving about it. It was, it was, I thought it was, it was okay. It was fine. Um, I liked it enough to be interested in seeing a sequel. But I wasn't interested enough in that one to see the third one right away. Uh, Yeah. Cool creature design. It, I I see where some of the critics were coming from with like it's this is a very staged plot, but that's typical for sci-fi movies. So in a way, it it's not that different. It has a lot of parallels to Alien and stuff. So or Aliens, um, so I I see where some of the criticisms came from. I think that's maybe one of the reasons I wasn't obsessed or really really into these films, especially this one. Uh, the effects definitely date it and don't help it much but it's a fun how long is this one i i forgot to look hour and 
It can't be too long. It, it, if it is, it moves quickly. 104 minutes. 104 so minutes, hour yeah. And 44. Hour and 44 minutes. It's not terribly long. It's a fun sci-fi action movie. Like If you liked Aliens, you'll probably like Pitch Black. Aliens is a cool movie. So I really don't have anything against this one. Um, I got more out of it this time watching it than previous, the, at least I don't know the one previous viewing. Uh, so I, I actually watched it more favorably this time than the first time I saw it. So I'm actually going to go with a B minus. It's a fun movie. Uh, it's got some flaws. It's a bit dated. I I like the idea of of giving this one a digital upgrade, a George Lucas treatment. Totally do it, man. I, it it yeah. won't hurt it. It'll definitely it improve yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with a B minus. About you, Ryan. Well, it's going to start uh, the you know the classic phrase echoing uh, because it was the mm-hmm. same with me. Like I first saw this movie, I was like, yeah, it's okay. I, I didn't mention this part, but I had a friend, close friend, who was just very much into, like, that toxic masculinity trope of, you know, of uh, Riddick and all the similar other fucking things you see in sci-fi. Um, and I think maybe that was part of the thing. It's just like, yeah, this isn't really my cup of tea. Um, but having given it a second run now, I do appreciate, like, a lot of the things that this movie did and why people enjoy it. It's like, no, this is definitely one you can just throw in it, regardless of there being sequels or not like this one standalone is like kind of untainted by those. You can still enjoy this. Uh, it does have dated CGI, but it's going to, um, it, again, we talked about, it had a low budget and it's impressive that this low budget film and you know, the hassles that they had, and they did have a lot of hassles, uh, like outside of their control. The fact that it was able to manage a win uh, and launch the career of mm-hmm. you know Vin Diesel, especially, um, and as well as like maybe even well and a franchise, like it introduced an interesting character. Uh, not not an original, well, kind of an original character, but not too much. It's an anti-hero character, right? You, they're all going to be the same after a while, but uh, it's fun. like it really is um Mm -hmm. and i think like this movie did a good job with like its stakes i think are actually well shot that fucking beginning scene where it crash happens and they actually hit the planet like that that like and regardless of the effects like something about that and seeing all the dirt fly through the fucking window thinking she should be dead but she's not but she should be (laughs) but uh it really added like um like i was trying to do work when I was watching this movie, I didn't think I was going to be that invested in it. I was kind of like, I might even not even do this review. I found myself watching this movie more than doing the work. On um, like, I I'm getting into this. This has actually gained my attention. This couldn't gain the attention of a 16 year old, but a 33 year old, no fucking problem apparently. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for that, I say like I definitely recommend the film. Uh, I don't think I have to at this point i think it's at this point like so well liked but uh i think it is an important sci-fi piece uh Mm. actually funny enough i will say like for the early 2000s there weren't as many as you think yeah it's Um, a good entry yeah yeah i think it's a good entry for uh definitely for for those types of people um i think with that grade i kind of agree with joe uh that it's a b b minus territory um but it might even be more if I ever watch this again. Mm-hmm. Or less if I see the sequels and have yeah. to watch this again. Or higher if I watch the sequels yeah, and watch this again. <laughs> yeah, um, um, yeah I, I 
turn on the echo chamber because I have a lot of the same thoughts. So I, I won't repeat a lot of it. Just um, I, I really appre the things I really appreciate about it are the fact that it's uh, it's it's very well paced. The the tension and uh, the situation that they're put in uh, on the planet is very engrossing from the second it starts. Um, good characters is the main thing. I think I think that is the thing that's missing from so many of these what we call cookie cutter sci-fi movies is they can write an interesting situation but they just don't have generally don't have very interesting characters and this movie does that right and i think that's the thing that wins yeah. it for me uh special effects you know they are are not good they're they're two they're year <laughs> 2000 cgi special effects um yeah I, yeah so i totally agree with you i'm on board with the um you know chronicles of riddick pitch black special edition that you know hopefully revamp, we yeah. can see yeah revamp we can see someday but yeah i think um in general i liked this a lot more than the first time i saw it and i don't know why it must have something to do with what was going on movie wise in 2000 because all three of us had the same kind of like lukewarm reaction to mm -hmm. it the first time and i don't know why because it's, it's better than average for this kind of a movie at that period yeah. of time i think um so yeah, I think I'd give this one a B. I'm, I'm glad I rewatched it because I definitely got more out of it this time around, and I think I would recommend people revisit it all on its own because I've, I've, I'm, I'm watching this having never seen any of the others, totally separate from from the franchise thing. So hmm. um, yeah, it's a it's a good piece. I think I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, I'd give this one a B. Well, yeah. Yes. So I, I, and I think that's overall a fair assessment. It's it's a B movie for 2000 it's a b sci-fi movie but mm -hmm. that can be a lot of fun i mean i don't look for shakespeare it's pitch black which i do think yeah. by the way we need a mashup of pitch black and pitch perfect those two <laughs> films <laughs> together i think would be that's that's where the next riddick film needs to go both for, right from the same era too yeah 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 <laughs> well, we would love to Riddick know. <laughs> singing singing competition somewhere, around, yeah. With with yeah, with nocturnal monsters. There you go. Perfect. So it writes it. itself. Uh, <laughs> but we'd love to know what any of our listeners think of Pitch Black or any of the other Riddick films. Maybe we'll get around to actually reviewing them one of these days. Uh, but please feel free to send any of your questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to the Video Junkyard Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod and the main Video Junkyard Podcast Facebook and Instagram pages. If you write it, we'll read it, and we look forward to hearing from you. And we hope you'll come back and join us again here on the Video Junkyard Podcast. Lots of fun stuff coming up in the week. Uh, in, in the next few weeks, we have uh, Crocodile Dundee, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. Uh, we're going to watch The Relic, Dog Eat Dog, and uh, many other fun things coming up in the next few months. Um, check out any of our new shows coming up, or go back and listen to the almost 250 prior episodes that we have on our SoundCloud page or anywhere else that you can uh, find podcasts. So, hope you'll come back and... Uh, and join us again. We want to thank you once again for listening to the Video Junkier Podcast. And until next time, I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Seisko. Did not know who was fucking with. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. 
We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard <laughs>